Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta, yeah. Dukes, dig it. There but for the grace of God, it was me. Gigantor, where there had to be a certain day every day, like it's Hot Dog Day, National Donut Day, National Sibling Day. Like, maybe that's always been around. I don't remember it always being around. But I guess as we're recording this, it is uh, National Dog Day. How's that bubbly water you're having? It's okay. I don't, I don't like the caffeinated ones. Hey, caffeine's never really had that caffeine effect on me. Yeah. I don't know what it is with my neurons, but it just does not. Neurons. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It doesn't give me all jittery and stuff. Um, it's okay. It has a flavor, though. If you drink caffeine-free, any type of soda, it tastes different than just the straight-up version, whether it's diet or not. Um, back to what I was uh, blithering on about. I also don't know when... Grown adults thought that speaking like babies is the way to go. Like that kind of like make... I'm so tired of people calling dogs doggos. I, I just fucking don't know where that came from. It, it, it was like a... It was like COVID. It was... It was like this fun thing that we were just talking about. Well, not a fun thing, but it was like this fucking mysterious thing we were talking about overseas. And all of a sudden the NBA season got canceled. And I'm like, how the fuck did we get here? I, I look at, like, I, I follow, like, all kind of, like Black Rifle Coffee. Like, they, they call dogs doggos. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, in all your ad campaigns, you're firing miniguns. You're fucking blowing shit up. You're jumping out of airplanes. When, when, when did that happen? Like, I, I remember being on Twitter, and I, I followed CBS Sports. And CBS Sports started speaking like, uh like a 16-year-old would yeah. when they were reporting on stories. <clears throat> and it's just like, I, I don't know if, is it is it an attempt to feel like you are appealing to younger, the doggo thing is very weird for me. Yeah. Because I just, I, I don't remember that being something like a bunch of kids were calling dogs doggos. So older people then said, well, we want to be remain relevant. Um, where do you else do you skateboard around here, young people? Like that fucking Steve Buscemi meme. I just don't get it. I don't like it. Uh, it sounds stupid. It sounds juvenile, and it is ubiquitous. And it became ubiquitous overnight. And I feel like there's this Dennis Leary bit where he talks about uh, craft beer, 
And he's like, I feel like I've missed a fucking meeting on the beer. Like all beer had to be like maple nut crunch fucking ale instead of tasting like beer and coffee that tastes like coffee. He's like, I feel like I missed a meeting. I feel like I missed a meeting with everyone now speaks as if they are TMZ uh, reporting on a headline on social media. And we all call dogs doggos. It's everything's got to have a, a quirky tagline. One that really gets under my skin is adulting. When someone okay. says that they're adulting, and it's normally a younger millennial, or I guess now a middle a middle group millennial, when they say, "Yeah, I'm," I don't, I'm so I don't even know what that is. It's like a, a word for trying to be no, responsible. middle group millennial. Or, or, I don't know. I've, I've uh, heard adulting. The one that drives me the most fucking batty is the sheer arrogance of saying, "I don't know who needs to hear this," but uh, dot dot uh, dot. Fuck you. How the fuck do you know who anyone needs to hear? You're not Confucius. You're not Aristotle. That's a good one. That's a fucking awesome I don't know who needs to hear this, but just because you're fat doesn't mean someone shouldn't want to stick it in. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> go go worry about yourself. If, if you want to fucking help people, go volunteer. Go to Habitat Humanity. Find yourself a soup kitchen. Go volunteer at a fucking dog shelter. For God's sake, stop getting on social media and fishing for fucking retweets for your stupid emotional porn. I, I just don't know when that happened. Oh, look, such a good doggo. No, it's a dog. I'm an adult. I pay taxes. I put my pants on. I love dogs. Love dogs as much as anybody else. Don't know when that happened. You know what I think it was, Tor? Yeah. Hoodie. Hoodie? A hooded sweatshirt became a hoodie over fucking night i i remember when it happened um, i'll tell you another one beanie beanie was a ski cap or a stocking cap i even heard toboggan from ryan osborne back in the day it became beanie overnight like everything has to be dumbed down smoothed over childish fucking nonsense to go along with all the catchphrase hashtagism you're, you're talking about there we're now like i i, I don't know foodie Ugh. What the fuck is that? Like, you eat food? Fuck you. Who doesn't eat food? You can't get one for, for drinkers. It's just heavy drinkers. Yeah, here it is. To... Drunk. Yeah, I'd like to be called a drinky. Yeah, I'm a drunk. <laughs> There's some sort of negative. You know what a foodie is? Someone that's got hypertension, you fat pig. I, I smell my own. Now, if you can make food, like if you have a skill, like you've worked at it, you're a chef. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. I'll listen to you. No problem. You, you, your job is to go out and eat junk food and write about it for a website, and I'm listening to you why. And, and you get a title, why? You know how many people sent me the flaming Hot Mountain Dew? That's another thing that happens now. A new weird product comes out, and everyone wants to pretend like they're the ones that created it. Very odd set of circumstances. Yes, Mountain Dew made a flaming Hot Mountain Dew. Do you know Why? So that people with lives that are too good and that are low thinkers that don't have much going on will then endlessly prattle on about it on the fucking internet. And it's great. It's better than buying a commercial. You could buy a commercial that got you more discussion than dumb people spreading the word about your dumb product. Oh, here's my doggo. Is it fucking really? Is it really your doggo? Can you change the oil filter on your own car? I'll sit here and wait. Yeah. Fucking hundred people send me that goddamn flaming hot Mountain Dew. Please, Lord, fucking figure out something to do with your time. Jesus Christ. And it's not even a review. 
It's a picture of the can. I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. Are you going to drink that? And the most of them are saying, this is gross. Well, then what the fuck? What are we talking about? Welcome to the Chad Duke Show. Sorry. Sorry. I had to get my cantankerism in. I am a full-blown cantankerist. Most, some people are Christian, some people are Hindu, some people are Jews. I am a cantankerist, and uh, that is that is the show, and we will uh, take you on a tour of the week. Uh, I'm Chad Dukes. That right there is the Hooting Colossus, the Great Falls Sasquatch. What? You, you referred to me as that. That? <laughs> I meant that right there. Oh. Not your that. Okay. There's times when you're lumbering around up here, you kind of at least resemble a that. Normally, it's joined with me is the and then not, that over not, there. Not, this, this thing next to me. I didn't say this fucking burden next to me. No, I didn't say all that. Uh, that is Gigantor right there, the uh, the Great Falls Sasquatch, the Cold Soldier, uh, and we are both together up here in the Fortress of Solid Dudes, presented by Money Monks Barbecue, Monks Barbecue in Percival, best barbecue in all. Of Northern Virginia. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Tor. All of Virginia. I don't mm. think it's even fucking close. And nobody's going to bring the bourbon and the beer and everything else that goes along with that. He's got Tiki Bar. Got the ice cream uh, upstairs. The tip cow. I had uh, brought my uh, wife a pint of the uh, carrot cake ice cream from them. Oh, it's absolutely tremendous. Been a weird week. I, th- I thought it was a good week of shows. Uh, we had to roll with the punches a couple times. We had uh, guests switch up on us and move some segments around but we hit a lot of fun stuff hit on a lot of fun stuff we will today too uh you'll get to hear um well the ant-man does the bmi for us and i don't think we we actually have the bmi on this show but uh it was very funny because tor got a uh, a rather cryptic text message early in the morning that would turn into uh i guess breakfast with ant-man is the way it turned into <laughs> and it was a funny story so that's on here uh we had a very interesting interview with a guy they called the the Python Cowboy down in Florida. That was just down yesterday's program. So um I'll have that for you and some other fun stuff as well, including I believe we uh well I, I think I break down the Spider Man three trailer. Or what is it? I guess it technically would be Spider Man eight. <laughs> I think it's the eighth Spider Man fucking movie. Uh but you had some questions about that and I was trying to assist you on that. Yes, so. I had a lot of questions. Very confused. Very confused indeed. Uh, so all of that's coming up on the program today. We appreciate you guys listening. Oh, um, for those of you that are just takers, I get messages all the time. People that just listen to the free episode. That's fine. You know, it's I appreciate you listening. Hopefully you're spreading the word. Hopefully you're telling other people about the free episode. Hopefully you're leaving a five star review. Uh, we have a YouTube channel now that we're going to be putting other uh, fun content up on, including uh, segments. If you haven't heard, if you're not a subscriber, uh, you'll have a chance to do that. So there's some new stuff up there right now. There's going to be some more new stuff up over the weekend. I believe this show is going to live on YouTube eventually. If you'd like to listen to it that way so uh just do chad duke's show on youtube uh, give us a little like over there what is it a follow what the fuck do you do on youtube subscribe subscribe baby i believe it's free and uh, you click the little bell icon and let's see it know whenever you get something new okay so there's all that um i was doing a bit last night I, I have a tendency to uh late at night after my uh my chick goes to bed um looking into the stuff of uh animalistic nature yeah i told you i learned about the uh, the short-faced bear uh that way the um I like that guy yeah those are terrifying for those of you we did a, a segment on that there's a bear society i think out in it's either montana or I, I, need, I need to look that up there's a society that has does nothing but talk about bears and bear conservation they have a short-faced bear skeleton and it's just a just marauding if that thing was still alive we'd be in chains um the there's a bird that I've seen this bird maybe a thousand times, but I've never 
known what it was, Tor. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I probably always thought it was man-made, that it was some sort of um, creation in a movie studio. But it's not. It's called a um, a shoe bill. It's called a shoe bill. Uh, I guess it's also known as the whale-headed stork, which actually very, very apropos. And uh, the thing about the shoe bill is that it looks like we talk a lot about this show, the link between birds and dinosaurs and how that's, you know, something that I guess is still somewhat debated. But um, this fucking bird looks like a dinosaur. Like when you look at its fucking head, it doesn't look like a bird head. It looks like a dinosaur. And um, when it's they, they have these pictures of it online where if you I mean, you can do this for yourself right now. You can Google shoe bill and um, the, the eyes I don't want to sometimes the Oz says it all <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's very, very true in this in this particular instance. But the eyes are fucking crazy. Like they look like they're plotting something. I mean, are they, is human eyes the way that you would describe a shoe bill's eyes? Yeah, they're very, very much like a, a human's eyes. Whereas uh, the pupil is round, the eye is round, and then um. It's not like your goat eyes where it's round and you have the yes, rectangular. <laughs> my goat eyes. <laughs> you have the rectangular pupils uh, in in those eyes. I only have eyes for <laughs> Peter Bandra. Goat, goat eyes. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very. Uh, you can almost. I don't know if uh, you can see humans in the birds. If that there's a, yeah. there's a word for that. I don't know if it's uh, anthrop anthrop. Anthropomorphic uh, to do that, uh, but we you can see that there's some type of link, at least whether that's us creating that and structuring that on our own. But this right here, that's a face that a person would make and could make. It is, but it looks like I put up a tweet uh, last night. I said, uh, this shoe bill is patiently waiting for a track to explode on because it looks like this menacing fucking beast. <laughs> but apparently they're real fucking, they're docile. Like I, you can roll right up on them um, and they don't do much. I was reading that there's only, um, they think the most there could be is 8,000 of these things left. And I think what it is is like they just, I guess they don't bite and scratch and claw you, so you can just walk up to them and gnaw their head off. Um, and they're in, you know, Uganda and Congo and like, all these different places where there's probably, you know, living conditions are not idealistic. Um, I don't know. I, I I look at that fucking bird and I look at the way that it looks at you, and I'm like, how how did this thing get to be this different? You know, like evolution is a weird fucking thing where, okay, this bird needs to be as tall as a human and then it also needs this crazy long fucking wide bill. And oh, by the way, let's make its eyes look like Jack Nicholson busting through the bathroom door in The Shining. Like, what the fuck is that all about? I don't know. It's it's because we could tell it's a bird. But yeah, I mean, it's got feathers. It's got the long legs. It's walking around. But, but its bill looks like it's made of concrete. It's fucking nuts, dude. And then they, they like they don't all look like they're plotting to fucking murder you. But there's enough of the pictures if you do the Google image search where you're like, this thing's up to no good. But um, I guess they're like incredibly sought after by like people in that community. Like that's like their fucking golden goose is they want to fucking be able to observe a shoe bill. So I don't know. I don't know if they have them in America. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up on the show is like I'd love. I don't like zoos. 
Um, I generally, when I go to the zoo, I feel pretty sad, you know, for the animals inside. I know sometimes there's a good reason for them or they're animals that are so rare they need to be held in captivity. But uh, I'm always bummed out when you see like a polar bear enclosure or something of that nature. It's just that you just realize that these things aren't supposed to live like this. But this fucking shoe bill, man, if you told me there was one down at like the National Zoo, I'd have to go take a look at it. It's saying Zoo Tampa is home to three of only four shoebill storks in the United States. Get the fuck out of here. Where's the fourth one? I think it's, I'm assuming San Diego. Okay. I, I bet it's in the San Diego Zoo, which is an insane zoo uh, to go through. I haven't seen, I have not seen that one. That one's pretty, it's, uh, I don't know if I was too young to really appreciate it, but when I was out there, I guess me and my family are out there for something, and we went to that zoo. I'm like, God damn, they had every animal you could think of out yeah, there. Yeah, but do you, do you get bummed out when you go to the zoo? I get bummed out when I go to the zoo in D.C. because I see that it's all concrete, whereas in uh, San Diego it was, like, open, and it did not look like... What do you think that one's saying to you? <laughs> <Yeah>. Ah! <laughs> That's what I think he's saying to you. Huh? Huh? <laughs> They're so fucking expressive. Uh, so you're saying Tampa? Yeah, Tampa has apparently three of them. Can you go see him year-round? He's, <laughs> he's, he's a good-natured sort. Yes, this is Shoe Bill Subtab Cute. Hi there, Shoe Bill. <laughs> I'm Dukes. I'm glad to have you in the neighborhood. <laughs> we do. We bring in food trucks every other week. We want you to come on out. Bring the family. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they're they're great. They're just great-looking things, and uh, they're very interesting. I might have to go see. I mean, I like an excuse to. I like. It's not very popular to say, but I like Tampa. I when I got a when I fell on my troubles, I actually toyed with asking the wife if she wanted to move to Tampa. She said, like, "No, we're not moving there." But um, maybe Pinellas Park. I feel like that's where radio personalities should go. <laughs> um, can you? Is it say? Can you see them year round? Like, is there? A, it's like cause sometimes, like I feel like there's exhibits and they're out and about. I would like to go see one. How the fuck did a platypus evolve? That is a fucking great question. <laughs> like, how in the how in the name of all that's holy? Because whenever you look at like a dachshund, you're like, well, this thing's supposed to go into weasel holes. You know, there's always like a reason for it to be as oddly shaped as it is. Platypus has never made much sense. I think they just opened this exhibit this past spring. Really? Yeah. All right, well, everybody's got some. You know, we have listeners in Florida. If you got any intel on the fucking shoe bill exhibit, because I'm so jealous of whenever I do this. The, there's always pictures of people in Africa just like standing next to them. You're like, oh man, I mean, that'd be fucking awesome. Feed one of these big sons of bitches. He probably was gonna sit down and tell you about his troubles. Tampa Bay Times, fuck off. What's wrong I with the Tampa? I can't read the whole article. What happened? Got to subscribe. Oh, you got to subscribe. Tampa Bay Times. You know, suck we, it from the back. Well, you know, we offer a subscription-based service here. Yeah, but we do fun stuff here. That's a good point. Well, they write about shoe bills. It's pretty fun. This one might be my favorite. Oh, let's see this guy. <laughs> I think he's saying, I don't even have an opinion. He heard someone saying something. Huh? <laughs> the fuck you say? You want to repeat that? Yeah, you want to repeat that to me right now, now that I'm facing you with my big dinosaur fucking face? Uh, my body's facing forward, but my head's facing backwards. Oh, yeah, man. You didn't know I could do this, did you? this motherfucker just sitting in front of one. Oh, man. I'm so jealous of that, dude. Okay. dude. I wonder what they eat. You think they eat fish? You have to eat fish if you're... Well, although they're in the middle of Africa, there's probably not many fish, right? On the lake. Lake Chad, biggest lake in Africa. Did you know that? I've been telling people that my whole life. <laughs> its specialized bill allows the shoe bill to grab large prey, including lungfish, tilapia, eels, wow. and, and snakes. Snakes? 
It even snacks on baby crocodiles. Get the fuck out of here. And Nile monitor lizards. Wait a minute. If it's that if it's that gangster as far as the shit that it can eat, why is it so docile? I don't know. I tell you what, it's a unique fucking animal, man. See if you can get us one. All right. Wouldn't it be great if we just had a shoe bill walking around up fucking here? <laughs> you just have to come up here and just throw some <laughs> trout at it. So the um if Ripley's the, the engineer, oh, I, I they would get along. I wonder what that thing, what 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 do you think the shoe, role would be? Do you be? think you'd try to eat Ripley? I mean, if it can eat a baby crocodile, I mean, those things are nah, they're pretty small. I take that back. I was gonna say they're a couple feet long at least. All right, how did this come up by the way? They're cool looking. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're cool looking. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is not a highbrow show. If something's cool looking, we'll probably just fucking babble about it incoherently for a couple of minutes. All right, um, let's get to the rest of it. God damn it. For those of you that aren't aware, we taped this on Thursday, and Tor and I are a little punchy because we had to get up an hour earlier than we normally do. <laughs> it's just pathetic. All right, very good. Um, what's up first? Are we doing the fucking uh, I, Spider-Man bit, or what are we doing? I feel like we could. Uh, we should lead with Ant-Man's Day Off. Oh, okay. Yeah, speaking of restful, God. my God. Ant-Man fucking had himself a Super Bowl victory this past week coming up here. We, I'm surprised we were able to get rid of him. I'd like to get rid of him forever. It's the Chad Duke Show. Big Shoot is gaming and he wants you to be a part of it. Head over to Chad Duke Show Gaming on Facebook, turn on your notifications, and you'll know when Shooter is going live. Tune in to see big finishing moves, tall vampire ladies, and samurais in Tsushima. Follow Chad Duke Show Gaming to get all the info you need on any of the giveaways that take place as well. Uh, Ant-Man is in the building as well. It is BMI Day. Hello, Ant-Man. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing today? Not as good as you. I heard you've been building yourself a life in the studio. Um, uh, yep. So, Tor, I got a text. This is very weird. Around 1045 in the morning, I get a text from Ant-Man saying, hey, man, do you want a breakfast sandwich? I'm going down <laughs> to the coffee shop. And I said, what the fuck? Like, you're all... First of all, he's never that nice. Secondly... That would mean that he is already at the Fortress of Solid Dudes, which is completely out of character. Uh, and then I got here, and he appears to have constructed himself like a fucking bed and breakfast in the back of the goddamn studio. What is going on here this morning? He, uh, well, I got a hot text this morning mm. uh, when I was uh, 8.20 in the morning mm. uh, from Ant-Man. What time do you get to the studio? Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> he's setting up early. And then I, I need to get in that back room. I was still asleep. <laughs> And then 30 minutes later, any chance you could pick me up at the dealership <laughs> around around the corner on your way in? Hitting you up for, you don't want to pay for that Uber. I, I guess so. You don't want to pay for that Uber. <laughs> I texted him, okay, I'll let you know my status on my way in. He's like, okay, if you can't, uh, I'll, I'll get Uber. What would your status be? Why were you trying to wiggle out of that? Just how much time it would take for me to get there. I was trying to figure it out because he sent me the wrong, uh, he sent me a whole bit, bunch of different addresses uh, uh, not addresses but it was different brands than what the actual dealership was so well, i'm searching around it's well, like, also this is on the heels of all the frantic crazy texts last night right yeah he's been on about an 18 hour roll it was it was a very confusing <laughs> definitely 18 hours with Ant-Man. right because he was supposed to show up for the fortress film society and then the cavalcade of bullshit came out of the Correct. phone right yes yeah, I got that. I started getting weird texts from him, too. Like, I always know when he feels guilty about something because I get, like, nice texts. <laughs> hey, man, everything. look at this. Here's some here's some Topps Chrome Mandalorian cards. You want me to pre-order you box? <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh, that man knows he fucked up. So what? So you had to pick him up this morning? Yeah, so normally uh, Clamp does this when we call it getting clamped. Clamped. Uh, today I got anted. Anted. Uh, and <laughs> with the hot text, and then right. I went and I picked him up, and I found him. He got in the car, and then... 
riding in. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad ride with Ant Man. He was polite. He was nice. You know, he didn't have mud on his shoes or anything. It was it was good. <laughs> the carpet's clean. So wipe your feet outside. Why why did, why why would he have mud on his shoes? I don't know. Just in case. You just thought maybe kick, uh, kick the clods off your uh, feet, your clod, before you get into my Mercedes. I, I mean, I don't work. So it's a great point. There's no reason for mud to be on my shoes. I believe that bell alone. <laughs> uh, did he ask you to stop at uh, McDonald's at all? Uh, he did not, no. Already stopped at McDonald's? I, maybe. That's what I assume. So you get here, and you told me that he went down and got himself a pastry, and then was watching Fox News in the back for like 45 minutes. Well, yeah, we pulled up, we took the elevator up. Uh, I come over, start setting all the uh, equipment up, start getting the, the, the sheet ready, whatever. And Ant Man, it's like, you want a sandwich from the, from downstairs? I said, no, I'm okay, thank you very much. Though, he's gone for about ten to fifteen down there, I guess. And then, uh, and then it's not a quick process. See, I, that's why I was kind of surprised because there is a superior breakfast sandwich place uh, about a you know three quarters of a mile down the road in the Main Street Bagel. And I was like, why is Ant-Man going to the coffee shop downstairs? I was trying to piece together what had taken place. Well, yeah, he had. I thought maybe he spent the night with you, to be honest with you. <laughs> he had an hour before show starts, so I think he said, well, I can just kind of kick my feet up. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and have myself a morning. <laughs> he, went down, he got a sandwich. You got a sandwich down there? Got yep, some yep, coffee, yep. I imagine. Ant-Man likes his coffee. And then at some point, he snuck back up here, and then I hear the TV on back there. And I'm like... <laughs> I guess he's watching some TV. And then... Feet I, up on the couch, I, I imagine? I hear him on the phone. Oh, he's somebody. making calls. He's got his command center set up. I don't know up. if he was talking to, uh, to his pops. I don't know who he was Alex. talking to. But he's back there holding court, watching... And then I go, watch You TV. better get me 12 of those bromine <laughs> refractors for Will Clark. If you don't have, there's going to be hell to pay. He's doing whatever the hell. I, I mean, I'm just sitting here like, all right, here we go. We're still rolling. And sure. I, I just hear him chuckling back there. <laughs> I could hear him. I could actually hear him smiling. Right. He was having a good time. There. Yeah. He's back there alone. He's looking at his phone. He's got the conservative television on. There's all the things he's passionate about. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know what's on the TV. He's eating carbs. I go back. <laughs> there's free sodas. Endless free sodas for him in the back. I guess he matriculates his way up here to the table. Right, right. I go back to get your uh, your drinks over there. Oh, thank you, by the way. And then I just see what's on the TV because I don't know what's on. I just see Fox News is on. And then That's I'm what like, he likes. It just comes over like a wave. I'm like, oh, my God. He set up an Airbnb back here. He's just having his morning. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. exactly what he's doing. I set up an Airbnb back here in my realm. They don't know that he's not, at, you know, they, they think he's sitting at that Dodge dealership or whatever, getting his, uh, you know, sweating in that that. Crusty uh, lobby. No, he's up here no. living the best life he can. I guarantee he couldn't. The only way he could have had a better morning is if he was in his own bed, and that is the only <laughs> way. Because it's he's checking every box. He's drinking somebody else's sodas. He's looking at his phone. He's got Fox News on. He's got his feet up. He's in the air conditioning. He's wheeling and dealing on fucking baseball cards. I mean, it had to be one of the best mornings you've had in a while. It felt like a Saturday back there. <laughs> Just ten o'clock, laying in bed. Watching Fox, drinking my coffee with a soda. <laughs> coffee with a soda. I, and looking at baseball cards on my phone. That's going to be his amazing. spinoff. By the way, the, the main podcast is Bowls on a Bowl, but then, of course, <laughs> Coffee and a Soda is the spinoff podcast that he does on Sunday mornings. Um, 
Hey, man, I got up here uh, before the show, and uh, you immediately ran down to the pisser, because I assume that you have to just piss seven or eight times before we start the show each morning. Yeah, so I've pissed three times already since I've been here. Uh, for some reason, I get a little nervous, and then as soon as I hear the elevator open and right. you say something to Tor, I'm like, oh, oh no, I got to piss. Yeah, apparently I have I that have effect on up. people. I need to be more cheerful. I think what I got to do is the world is giving me some fucking feedback, and like I need to take the fucking feedback, because everyone is horrified whenever I show up anywhere and I'm well, so fucking upset about that well I wasn't horrified of you horrified. I just horrified of you know I don't the audience want, will never I be horrified want... again because Oscar Drab said fucking no thank you speaking of people that don't that run when I fucking walk in a room Jesus Christ what happened Dukes you have a hiccup in your life peace I just you know I wanted to be ready when you guys were ready Checking on my missed calls. <laughs> I don't see anything that begins with an O or a D down there. My God. I, I know, but it was, I get up here, you dash downstairs. <laughs> and I told Tor, I was like, look, we need to turn off the elevator because I thought I was positive that you were using the elevator going up and down. But to your credit, you did come back up the stairs. It's only one flight. Um, <laughs> but then I sit down. I'm like, okay, we're going to get ready to do the show. And then Ant-Man sprints to the back again. And then he's back there for another 10 minutes. I just think that he couldn't let go of the setup that he had. He knew he was going to come up here and get his balls broken. He built himself a green room. A life. With the, It's like he was filling his own rider back there. He was doing everything he wanted to do. This is fucking heaven, man. This is what's going to happen after I talk to St. Pete at the Pearly Gates. It was nice. I, I got to get used to doing that. All right, very good. Maybe you could schedule some more car repair and you can enjoy yourself some more mornings. Yeah, this might be a weekly thing. Yeah, well, make sure you thank Monk because he made it all your, <laughs> your, your new apartment situation where, uh, possible. Uh, so we'll do the BMI in just a uh, a couple of few. I guess you have a couple of hours to turn and burn here? Yes, sir. All right, very good. I'll tell you what. Anyone thinks this man ain't living the life, There's this is a stress-free existence that this gentleman has. <laughs> Hey everyone, if you haven't become a Facebook supporter of The Chad Duke Show or want more information, head to Chad Duke Show on Facebook and click the Supporter Hub tab. It's $5 a month, you'll get access to all the video content from our bonus shows and Friday night hoot mannies. Hey everybody, it is Tor here, and you know if I'm talking to you on a Friday, I'm talking to you about Manscaped, and this week is a very important week for me personally. You know why? Because I'm going to desperately need to use my Manscaped 4.0 trimmer. Your boy has a date! And when you haven't had a date in a while, you might have to go and check some things out and make sure that you're properly groomed. So that's why I'm going to be using my Manscaped 4.0 trimmer. I plan on taking down some of the hair. I plan on making things look good. I plan on giving myself the opportunity to present myself in the best possible way. And you know what I could do? I could do it in the dark because they have a bright light attached into this 4.0 trimmer. I could do it in the shower because it's waterproof. I don't have to worry about it running out of battery because it comes with a beautiful charger that I keep right next to my sink. It is a great trimmer. It is the Manscaped 4.0. And if you have a date this weekend or if you're planning a date next weekend, anniversary, you're planning on coming out to the event on October 9th and you don't want to feel all scraggly, I can direct you to the right people. That's the people at Manscaped. And you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code DUKES. That's D-U-K-E-S. And 20% off and free shipping is no joke, people. Use the code DUKES at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. 
This October 9th, we will be at Flying Ace Farm in Lovettsville, Virginia for our inaugural annual Chad Duke Show Fish Fry and Sasquatch Hunt featuring Headlock Gaming's Mortal Kombat Tournament, the first ever Chad Duke Show Bass Fishing Tournament, the return of the Chad Duke Show Wiffle Ball Invitational, Mr. Kenny Kidd DJing after the live podcast, we got raffles and much, much more. So make sure to clear your schedule for Saturday, October 9th at Flying Ace Farm. It's the Chad Duke Show. Good looking Thursday out there to you, everybody. Very excited looking at the Brenco Solutions hotline because there's a gentleman that I've been wanting to speak to for a minute. He is the owner-operator of Martin County Trapping and Wildlife Rescue in the great state of Florida. And he has one of the most interesting jobs, I think, in all of the contiguous United States. Uh, Mike Kimmel, Trapper Mike, joins me now on the Branco Solutions Hotline. And he is known as the Python Cowboy on the social medias. And you can find him there. Mike, it is a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. How are you? Good, good. It's a pleasure to be on. How are you doing? Man, I'm a big fan. Um, So I fell down the rabbit hole. We were talking about iguanas uh, a couple of weeks back. My producer was in Florida and he just said, Jesus, there's iguanas everywhere. And then one of my listeners tagged me to a picture of you holding up, which looks to be a, the biggest, it's a big orange <laughs> dragon that you're holding up in your hands. And I'm, it had a bullet hole in its head. And I'm like, what on earth is, and then I realized, oh my God, this guy's hunting these things and getting them out of Florida because they don't belong there. And then I went to your YouTube channel and there's a video of you getting bit by what I can only describe as the biggest python I've ever seen in my life and dragging it out of a bush. And I said, this is the coolest man I've ever seen. I need to speak to him on the show. And now, luckily, I'm speaking to you on the show. It's great to have you, sir. It, it's awesome to be on the show. I appreciate it for sure. I, uh, I definitely enjoy what I do. It's great. And then I look at all the comments, and everyone else enjoys what you do. And it, it's just, it's a very unique thing. And it's also really important. Like, I'm, I'm so pro getting the, the message kind of out there about this. There's such a large group of people. And one of the things that struck me is in your videos, you're almost like a psychologist as well, where you get these people that just stumble across you trying to do your job and they, they're anti-hunting or they're against it. They don't really understand and have the background of what it is you do. So I'm hoping maybe the first we could start off with, why is it so important to get these non-native species out of where you are, the part of the country you're in? Because I think maybe that'll help people that don't understand uh, the capacity of what your work is. Yeah, and I definitely appreciate that. You know, um, I'm always really big on spreading awareness. And and just this past maybe three years where I've actually started to use social media um, and and use it as a tool to spread awareness, I've really seen the benefits just in in my day-to-day job. You know, Um, it really seems like more people are getting on board. Um, And, you know, it's something people should be able to get on board with. Uh, these invasive species are, are wrecking havoc all over our state from, you know, having negative effects on our ecosystems, our, our native wildlife, and even um, on our state's infrastructure and, and everything like that. Um, a lot of the jobs, especially when it comes to iguanas, um, I'm called in because these iguanas are, are crapping everywhere digging these burrows, undermining sidewalks, seawalls, housing foundations, um, levee embankments. Davie alone, the city of Davie, they just spent, um, I think last year, $1.7 million repairing damage from iguanas wow. along their canalways. It, um, it's definitely a big deal, and, and we're seeing it not just there. We're seeing it with our native wildlife 
these iguanas, they're very territorial. They can get aggressive with our native wildlife. And uh, they've even been observed uh, by other people and by myself. It's been officially reported where they'll go in um, native species burrows, destroy their nest, and lay their own nest. We're seeing this a lot with our uh, burrowing owls and our gopher tortoise. Both of those species are protected and threatened here in Florida. So the last thing we need is this foreign species coming in and putting more pressure, destroying its eggs, and taking over their burrows. How does this... The, I was under the impression that the reason why the pythons are there is because assholes buy pythons as, as gifts, I mean, as, as pets, and then just let them loose. Like, they just decide this is the origin of how this became such... Because if you read about the Everglades, and, and that it, it, there just used to be so many more different species down there. Yeah. And as pythons yeah. and gators now, that's pretty much all it is, and they're fighting and killing each other. Um, how did all these iguanas get down there? Well, you know, the iguanas, they come over on shipping containers. Um, a lot of people did do have them as pets, did have them as pets. Sometimes they get, you know, too large, and the person just doesn't know what to do with them anymore, and they may let them loose. Um, or a lot of times, you know, people will have them in outside enclosures, and these reptiles, the iguanas and the pythons, they are escape artists, and they can easily escape and get out. And, um, you know, it really just comes down to irresponsible uh, pet owners and, um, you know, just Florida being in a perfect spot for all these invasive species to really thrive. You know, we got the Port of Miami where we have, um, you know, shipping containers and boats and vessels from all around the world coming in. And we're right on the equator line where all these different um, invasive reptiles thrive in their native lands. We have the swampy Everglades where they can just disappear, this uh, hot, moist climate, and it's it's really the perfect environment for them. Uh, the pythons is, is the same kind of thing, you know, um, comes from the reptile trade, people having them as pets, them getting too large, and them not knowing what to do with them or them escaping. You know, um, we had the, the cocaine cowboys and all the drug lords, you know, back in the day, and that's kind of, I feel, where all, all these exotic uh, animals kind of come from. You know, these, these, drug, these drug dealers, these drug lords that have tigers, they'd have big snakes, big lizards, you know, just kind of went with the lifestyle. And, um, you know, a lot of people wanted to kind of emulate that. And uh, I feel like that's what really made it popular in Florida and Miami, having these exotic pets. And, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely kind of paying the price for it now. Man, I tell you what, the one thing I am is I'm, I'm very pro-hunting and I'm very pro-people with a message like yours where there's no bloodlust here. I, I was watching you, you were harvesting a snake um, and, and I think get, getting it out of there and, and it was like, oh man, look how beautiful this animal is. Like I, and I think he said something to the effect of, I wish things were different. Like I wish I wasn't having to, you know, we have to euthanize this thing because it is an invasive species. It is killing off all these other things that are supposed to be here, but that's the world that we live in. And I, I think that's yep. important too, because look, I'll be honest, there's videos you have, you're going down a canal, you're, you're picking off iguanas, the dogs jumping in the water. It looks amazing. It just looks like a shitload of fun, <laughs> but there's, there's also the part of it where it's like, 
you know, nobody's going out and doing. I'm not doing this right now because it's what I would do to, in my my normal time. This is a a chore that has to take place. It's not bloodlust. Yep. It's not I want to hang this and make this thing into a a belt and wear it out. You know, on Friday night when I'm stepping out, it's it's a task that needs to take place because other people have been irresponsible with their decisions. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. You know, it, it's it's not these animals' fault. Um, you know, we we still want to respect them. We still want to treat them humanely. And, um, you know, yeah, like you said, we, we, we got a job to do. It just needs to be done. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a reptile lover. You know, when I was a kid growing up, a a lot of these animals I'm catching and removing are animals I had as pets myself. Um, of course I was responsible with them, but you know, I, I love snakes. I love lizards. I love chameleons, all these different exotic, uh, reptiles I'm catching. And, and for me, um, you know, if I had a choice, I wouldn't want to kill them, but it, there's nothing you can do. You can't rehome the iguanas. You can't rehome the pythons, even if it were legal to do, which it's not. Um, it just, it, it, they're feral animals. They don't make good pets. You know, they're born in the wild um, and you can't send them back to their native ranges. Even if that was logistically possible to send back, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, of these exotic reptiles you'd be sending back um, foreign illnesses and parasites from Florida back to their native ranges and you'd have a whole nother ecological disaster. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really a tough situation. And um, unfortunately the only solution we have is to find capture, euthanize these um, animals. And, you know, I'm, I make use of them all. Nothing goes to waste. Uh, the skins I'm having uh, made in a leather, which I'm then having leather products made, which I sell myself. Um, all that money I make from the leather products, I actually pump back into my wildlife rescue, back into my conservation efforts. And um, I'm, I'm using the meat for uh, sometimes I'll sell it uh, for human consumption. More often times I'm using it as animal feed for my livestock or wildlife rescues. And, uh, hell, I even make use of the legs, preserve them, the heads, sell them as oddities or educational displays, and um, sometimes even the skeletons. My uh, my producer was down there fishing, and he saw a guy in a skiff, and he had a big iguana in his lap. And uh, he said, hey, where are you going with that iguana? And the guy said, lunch. And I, it was at that, <laughs> that point, I didn't, are iguana, how are they for eating iguanas? Is that white meat? Like, what is that if you're going to eat that thing? Um, it's, it's really similar to gator. Um, and it's, it's maybe even a little more tender than gator. It's really good. If if you know what you're doing, uh, the key is to, to, when you process it, to butcher it, you want to bleed it all the way, get all the blood out like an alligator. And, um, you know, they have good meat along their back, the base of the tail, the legs are like chicken wings. And then their actual, the cheeks, uh, they have really good cheek meat in there. And um, I've had it many times, and um, I, I've been impressed with it for sure. That's crazy. Um, to, the, I didn't realize feral hogs are just like this huge issue that, you know, unless you're living in Texas or Oklahoma, I just feel like the discussion isn't there. But 35 states have reported them. Six, they're saying there's 6 million feral hogs right now just running around in this country and they just they cause massive destruction wherever they go how how big i see some pictures here on your um your instagram it's at python cowboy on instagram um i see some pictures of you you taking care of some of those as well how much are the hogs a part of what you do um 
hogs are a big part of what I do. Um, it kind of just depends on the time of year. Uh, right now it's so dang hot. Um, it, it's hard for me to, uh, use my dogs, which th- that's usually how I'm finding the hogs and capturing them. I have a pack of trained dogs we use and, uh, they'll go out, sniff them up, find the hog, um, capture it. I'll get there. And, uh, generally I'm trying to keep the hogs alive. Uh, believe it or not, I'll capture them alive, tie them up, bring them back to my ranch where I then fatten them up on iguana meat, python meat, other invasives. And uh, I'll actually sell them as livestock after that where, wow. where they'll be eventually butchered and eaten. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's a big part, especially, um, coming up near the end of the year, winter time, we'll be doing a lot of hog hunting and, um, you know, they get a little bit more active. They start hitting the golf courses, the communities more, um, a few different farmers I work for, uh, you know, I'm protecting their crops and, uh, they can definitely, you know, have, have huge effects, um, on the landscape crops and, and even on our native wildlife, a lot of people don't know that. The feral hogs will prey on native wildlife. Uh, they're not vegetarians. Um, they'll actually eat native species eggs. Um, even they're they're young. There's there's been plenty of reports of hogs in away little fawns and eating them and stuff like that. So um, you know, definitely something we have to stay on top of here in Florida. Um, you you got a very good social media following. You mentioned dogs, but I think Otto might be even more popular um on social media than <laughs> than you are. I don't mean any disrespect. You got a nice troop of dogs. All your dogs seem very impressive. But I, I gotta say, I was watching one video. Otto is a he's a beast. Like he just yeah. goes after iguanas and he's fast and he moves and he's fighting these things and these things are like going after him. How do you do? You have like a, a, a breed you look at and say that's good because this is very unique hunting that you are doing. I feel like especially when you're in urban areas where there's like other people around. Oh and, yeah, and he's Definitely. I mean he, he's so impressive. Like what is the process of training a dog like Otto and then like. I don't know. I just love to take, take people through owning him and what he does because it's just so impressive to watch you guys work together. Yeah, Otto Otto's awesome, man. He's a blast to work with, a lot of fun to watch, and um, he's we've been super impressed with him. You know, he's still a puppy. He's not even two years old, and uh, he's showing us a ton of talent, a ton of potential, and uh, he's definitely a crucial part of the operation. Um, you know, he not only will find and retrieve iguanas we shoot, but he'll go out and capture his own and bring them back. You know, he, uh, like you said, he's definitely a beast. He has to battle these things. And, uh, you know, it's not an easy job finding these things in the thick vegetation where there's been hundreds of other iguanas running through there. You know, he uh, really has to use his nose and, and be an intelligent dog. Um, my my girlfriend, who who's... A, another crucial part of, of the operation couldn't do it without her alley. Uh, she actually is the one that really spearheaded his training. Mm. Uh, she started him off on, on just general retrieving upland work, pointing birds, ducks, and, uh, general obedience. And from there I took all that, uh, base training she gave him and introduced him to iguanas and really just brought him out in the field and gave him experience and, and just pulled that natural talent out of him. 
and uh you know he's been doing absolutely awesome for sure he's a, he's awesome he's a beast um t- t- the the part about this uh the youtube aspect of it people can go to uh youtube and it, it's python cowboy on youtube as well just search it i put the video up of you with the 18 foot snake um dude I, so is there i got a couple questions just about that video people go to our facebook page too if they want to see that there was there, there was nobody there with you that day, right? Were you wrestling that thing? It didn't seem it didn't seem. Oh to yeah, me. it was it was just me. Um, I just I had my cameras. Um, I for once I was like really set up to get a good video. Yeah. Um, you know, which uh, that was kind of the time where I was getting all my cameras ready and everything like that, and uh, it was just really perfect. I had GoPro. Um, I was using a little tripod. I had my shoulder cam and my phone and. But between the three, I was able to to capture, you know, I'd say a, a good portion of the action. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a battle out there for sure. <laughs> so you get bit, and you know, sometimes you watch these videos and people are playing things up, but you're just spraying. You're as you said, I'm leaking pretty good, but I mean, you're spraying blood all over this snake, and. You know, in that moment, I know you've been around these animals for a long time. I'm sure you've had many injuries and in dealing with them. But I mean, in that you mentioned, I'm getting lightheaded. Like I've got to leave this camera here because I don't know how I'm going to drag this thing back to the boat. And I don't have a bag. Like, what was your level of distress in that moment after you'd been bit? Because the thing's head is as big as a dog's head. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe how big the the thing's face was. Um, and then you still dragged it back to the boat. You have that moment where you're laying in the boat. You're like, oh, God, thank you, Jesus. I can't believe I made it back. Um, <laughs> what was your mindset when you were bleeding like that and tying a tourniquet off after that thing snapped at you? So, um, which the, the video don't even do it justice, man. When that thing first bit me, like it was like Niagara Falls spraying out of my arm. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Jeez. But, dude, as soon as that thing bit me, you know, I knew I had my cameras and everything going. Uh, if I'm being totally honest with you, the very first thing I thought in my head was, holy shit, this video is going viral for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew it was going to be a good one. And, uh, you know, from there, I, I, I seen all the blood everywhere and, you know, I, I it crossed my mind, but I didn't think I was going to bleed out. Uh, I didn't think it, it got me quite that good. I know, I know it's really just punctures and they're going to clock quick. My main thing was, I know how hot it is. I know I'm definitely losing blood and all the exertion of fighting this snake. I just don't want to black out. If I black out, this snake a hundred percent is going to wrap around me and probably kill me. Um, so my main thing is just not exerting myself too much, keeping calm, keeping relaxed so I can, you know, kind of stay focused here and not, not fall asleep. Um, and, and after I, I kind of got the snake under control where I then, you know, I'm getting out a tourniquet in my arm. I, I know I'm pretty much good except for that drag on the way back to the boat, which yeah. to be honest with you was the hardest part of the whole thing. The snake is still alive. Um, I got my arm pretty well stopped bleeding, but dude, it is a hundred degrees. I'm, I'm wore out, you know what I mean? Feeling a little weak for sure. Getting a little lightheaded, but took my time eventually got it back to the boat um when i got it back to the boat i had my pistol on the boat i knew i was going to euthanize it um but i just dude i couldn't even wrestle with it anymore i was exhausted i I ended up throwing it in that big black box i had and just kind of laying on it to keep it in there the snake was kind of like a limp noodle at that point you know i totally exhausted the snake 
Um, I, I regained my breath and, um, opened it back up, grabbed it out and shot it in the head. Them, them big snakes, you know, they're, they're cold blooded. Um, they're solid muscle. They're big and heavy. And once you wear them out after that initial fight, that first, I'd say 10 minute fight, they're, they're gassed out. They got no more energy. Mm. It, it's basically a limp noodle and, uh, it's a heavy 135 pound limp noodle, but um, it's not fighting with you so much after that point. It sounds like my producer tour after about the first 15 to 20 minutes of the show, he's just completely wore out. He's just like a giant <laughs> limp noodle. the way that it goes. Um, I know, I, I know you're, you're meeting clients right now. Talk to me about what you do with, um, taking people out. I mean, there's a great gator photo here, where I guess you take people out gator hunting as well. I assume they're not invasive. You know, that's a native species down there. So that's different. Is that, is that tags like you would do with deer or anything else? And like, how many times do you go out? How do people, if they want to go out and hunt with you which sounds like an enormous amount of fun how do they do that yeah so um you know if someone does want to come out hunting with me uh they just uh email send an email to python cowboy hunts at gmail.com and we'll get them all set up um as far as the alligators um you know they're not invasive they are a native species but uh their population needs to be controlled every year it's actually a really crucial part of florida conservation um, we control the alligator population and it just benefits the ecosystem. It benefits the health of the alligator population as a whole. And it also stops them from spilling out into residential areas any more than they already do. All of it is closely regulated um, by state officials and state biologists. And they are actually the ones who issue the tags to okay. us. Um, we get so many tags a year and I allow people to come out show them how to gator hunt, help me fill the tags. And it's, it's definitely a great experience. Um, I also, you know, offer invasive species hunts to people that want to come out. We do iguanas, we do hogs, uh, with thermal catching hogs with dogs. Um, we do bow fishing invasive bow fishing and, uh, I'm starting to do Python hunts as well. Uh, really, this year um, has been the first year where I've started to do these guided hunts, let people come out with me. Um, I've kind of, uh, over the past few years, kind of been setting it all up, getting it figured out exactly how I want to do it. I can't really just bring people out with me on, on contracted jobs, on golf courses and stuff like that. So um, we go out and it's, it's really been great because the areas we go, no one's really hunting it. Um, there's no funding for anybody to hunt it. It's just public areas that these iguanas just run rampant with no one controlling it. And um, now I'm able to bring these clients in, get funding from people paying for guided hunts, and we've been wiping these iguanas out. Oh, um, I'm constantly having to find new areas to bring clients because it's pretty incredible. We'll go in there, and after about a week, you know, we've wiped out pretty much all the adult iguanas to where it's just juveniles left and they don't get territorial with our natives. They don't dig the burrows and they don't have the negative effects like the adults do. And, um, it, it's, it's really been very beneficial to our ecosystem. 
man, I got to get down there. So like, so I just email the thing if I want to come down and hunt iguanas because I'm going to be emailing you. I can't do it now. I don't know how you're doing what you're doing right now in August in Florida. It's just, it's so oh, hot it's up here. Dude, it's so hot up here in D.C. And then I just look at you out there running around with the dogs and I'm like, how is he not dropping dead out doing this? Dude, it is brutal. It's awful. When it gets cooler, we got to do it. Um, All right. So people need to check out first the, the YouTube channel, Python Cowboy. It's awesome. It's uh, very entertaining to see all this done. Uh, the, the Instagram is beautiful. It is at Python python cowboy on instagram as there and then they have the email address if they want to look into hunting uh dude big fan of yours first of all um as a host you're a very good host i don't know if you've ever trained in that or you've had people give you tips but you're good at doing the entertainment part of this which is you know Thank you. i think it's a difficult part of it and a lot of people don't understand that and that's probably why you have the following you do um Oh, this is a great message, too. I think getting people familiar with why this needs to take place is an important thing because we do have to coexist with these animals. We do have to figure out you know, what the benefit is and what we need to do to make sure they're okay moving forward in their lives, too. It's not just about what's good for the humans. So I think it's a very important yeah. message you're putting out there as well. Thank you, definitely, and I appreciate you uh, Let me, you know, get that message out there. Your listeners are going to really take to it. All right, brother, I'll let you get back to work. Uh, Trapper Mike, everybody go ahead and follow him at Python Cowboy and Python Cowboy on YouTube. Thank you, brother. Be safe out there. Yes, sir, you as well. Thank you very much. Excellent, man. You're listening to The Chad Duke Show. Whether you're drinking by the fire, getting ready to send it into Arlington like your boy, or just trying to find an escape from your eight kids, make sure you check out The Chad Duke Show playlist on Spotify. Just go to chaddukeshow.com slash music for the official link to your new favorite playlist. Oh, solid dudes, we live in a blessed time. We live in a time where you can order Texas trays, salsa, shovels, anywhere. And it also starts on needles. That's right. Anywhere you're listening to the sound of my melodious voice, you can go to texastrays.com. And use the promo code DUKES10. That's DUKES, the number 10. No spaces, you silly geese. Do that at checkout. You're going to get $10 off your entire order. You can't beat it. These are the best tortilla chips. I see it each and every day. Each and every day, people are tagging me saying, Dukes, I live in Utah. Dukes, I live in Oregon. I order Texas trays. They're absolutely spectacular. I see people giving them as birthday gifts, for God's sake. Small batch mate. They are kettle-style tortilla chips. Don't know how he does it. Don't care how he does it. Absolutely delicious. They are gluten-free if you care about that sort of thing. Look, I like the spicy ones. I like the chipotle ones. If someone's going to have some mild-ass fucking weak salsa, just get those spicy Texas Trays chips. Dip them right in. Instant flavor. The barbecue is delicious. You'll love them. Of course, available at Commonwealth Dry Goods as well. TexasTrays.com. Use the promo code DUKES10, no spaces, at checkout for $10 off your order to D. You can always donate to The Chad Duke Show using the Donate tab on ChadDukeShow.com. You'll help us keep improving the product, and you'll earn yourself a verbal nod on the next episode. We thank you for your support, friendos. We're playing the song, of course, because the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, I guess it leaked. I didn't watch the leaked trailer tour just because, like, it's always a terrible quality. It's, It's always like a fucking... You know, it's also not the way they want you to watch it. Like, it's not a fair representation in my mind. So I, I waited for them to actually release it properly uh, yesterday. And um, I, I didn't think the trailer, I, the trailer to me seemed poorly edited together. Um, and I've got some huge questions about 
some plot holes already from the trailer itself. But by and large, it's uh, clearly the most ambitious movie we have seen since Endgame, because what this seems to be doing is taking you squarely into where Marvel is trying to head moving forward. And maybe why you don't need another Avengers movie and how things are going to be done somewhat differently is because they're introducing what we call the multiverse. And for those of you that are unfamiliar, uh, this is the way you get, you know, uh, female Captain America and evil Doctor Strange and all these different things, and Dark Beast and the Age of Apocalypse, and this could be how they're going to introduce the X-Men into this universe. And like, There's just a bunch of different things they can do now, and it's why you see at the very end of the trailer the big hook is... Um, did you watch The Bad Boy? I did watch the trailer, yeah. At the end of it, the uh, Alfred Molina emerges from out of what appears to be a giant crevasse. And you say, well, Dukes, why is that noteworthy? Well, he played Dr. Octopus in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Uh, th this is the moment we've kind of all been waiting for in that we've had tastes of it with this Sony uh, Marvel Disney marriage that we've had when J. Jonah Jameson kind of showed up at the end of the last Spider-Man movie. You're like, well, wait a minute. That's from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. You kind of had your first inkling um but now officially they're ripping holes in the multiverse and anyone can come loping through that goddamn thing which is why people think andrew garfield and tommy mcguire are gonna be involved in this in some way shape or form but uh, what i requested that you do tour is that you watch the trailer and i know that you you watch movies and you like movies but you're not necessarily an enthusiast uh and i i requested that you come up with three questions that you had about the trailer so um I'm assuming you did that. I did, yes. And my first question you have already kind of touched on. Really? Uh, it's it, because I had to learn that the, the, the little green ball that f rolled on the ground was the It's green, an orange ball, but or yes. The, or the green gob that's saying green goblin's coming. Um, yeah, there's a Well, there's a couple of different... Yeah, most likely you're right. It, most likely it's the green goblin's coming, Willem Dafoe, who played the green goblin in the first uh, Spider-Man movie. That would be tremendous. Uh, he's tremendous. Uh, him casting as the green goblin, the costume was absolutely terrible. They couldn't figure out a way to make the, uh, the mouth move, and they thought the CGI looked crappy, so he just wears this big plastic helmet the whole time. Uh -huh. But also it could be Hobgoblin, who is either his progeny or somebody else. The, the, the Hobgoblin's kind of done a bunch of different stuff where he's been... A uh, goblin-like character that was bonded with a fucking demon. I mean, there, it could be anything. There's a lot of goblins in the Spider-Man universe, like a shitload. There's a red goblin who is a fucking problem uh, that's actually Norman Osborn uh, bonded with the uh, Carnage symbiote. Now, I don't think they would do that, but um, yeah, it, it most likely is Green Goblin, but the great thing is they didn't show him. The only reveal was Doc Ock, and so that's still at least up for this debate. So yeah, if we have multiple villains showing up, are we getting multiple Spider-Mans was my first thing. Because I, I did watch that, uh, whatever, multiverse cartoon Sp uh, Spider-Man movie. Into the multiverse. Yeah, and then uh, I haven't watched any of the Tom Holland ones. I don't know why. It just has felt more... Into the Spider-Verse, excuse me. Uh, childlike to me. Like, Spider-Man always suck. felt like... They suck. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I think one. he's a great Spider-Man. Like, yeah, he's awesome. He yeah. But I just... They feel like fucking kids' movies. And I didn't particularly care for... I definitely didn't like the first one, and the last one was about it. The only reason why I like the Spider-Man movies is they seem to really put um, a lot of emphasis on them advancing the storyline. Like, it was the last movie you got after Endgame, and it kind of raised a bunch of questions. I thought the Tony Stark's, people all bitched about him being in those movies, but I, I enjoyed that part of it. He's Iron Man Jr. Shut the fuck up. Um yeah, I mean, the the rumor is that all three of those guys are going to be in it, that it's Maguire, it's Garfield, and it's uh, Tom Holland. And that, and that would be interesting, even if, even if it's only for a little bit. Um, 
the thing about the Spider-Man uh, tour is that a lot of his gimmicks for his big fucking overarching storylines, like into like there's one called uh, Spider Geddon, there's one called Spider, like there's these creatures, uh, this group that goes out and they hunt spider totems and they go around and they try to harvest all the different Spider-Men from all the different universes. So you've got all these crazy ass Spider-Men. Like there's one big one with a big Japanese robot. Like that's the Spider-Man of their generation. And yeah. like there's punk rock spider. There's a bunch of just fucking crazy Spider-Men. So if they're going to go down that road, that could be rather interesting. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I guess the most I've watched was the Garfield. Actually, I've, I've only seen one Spider-Man movie, the first Garfield one. That's very sad. Yeah. It's not a very good. I mean, I don't particularly care for any of the Spider-Man movie thus far because they all feel like they're for kids. Mm -hmm. But those two are particularly bad. Now, Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> really, really bad. Now, um, and we know Jamie Foxx. I believe we know that Jamie Foxx is in this also, who plays the Shocker yeah. in that uh, second horrible Amazing Spider-Man right. movie. Um, my next question, uh, why is Spider-Man in this trailer, it seemed like the public was super hey on him. Hey and then Doctor Strange said in the movie... Well, you don't have to call me sir. We saved half of the universe. Right. So I thought that there might be some goodwill towards that for Spider-Man. Could be. Uh, but I, I don't know why he's getting so much hate. Well, earlier in the trailer, they kind of they reference it. But if you didn't watch the last movie, uh, Mysterio, who is played by Jake Gyllenhaal, um, who's an interesting character, actually set him up, like framed him for his own murder. So at the very end of the last Spider-Man movie, you have not only him being framed for uh, the murder of all these different individuals with all these different drones, but they also expose Peter Parker's identity. So it's not just Spider-Man is a killer. It's Peter Parker is Spider-Man and Spider-Man's a killer. So that's the, the kind of the resolution you're going to have to have, which looks like they're kind of muddling through that at the beginning of the trailer when he's sitting there in front of the cops being interrogated. God, I would have thought, yeah, that's still... E I <clears throat> What? I don't know. I, I think that if you're one of the Avengers and you did that, the, you did it all and you saved half the, the you, you should be getting your dick sucked in every every, every hour. Of the day. Very interesting trope. They've already shown uh, the Falcon, by the way. I guess he was supposed to be poor and destitute in uh, Winter Soldier, American Soldier, or whatever the name of that fucking horrible, horrible show was. But this goes back. I mean, if you walk go from Ghostbusters to Ghostbusters 2, they save the entire city from a hundred foot fucking marshmallow man and they're all broken, fucking no longer Ghostbusters at the end of it. It's to me, it's a movie trick. Like you just have to suspend disbelief because you're right. In real life, if you did that, if that happened, happened you would just get so many endorsements on instagram alone like you wouldn't have to worry about shit like that moving forward yeah if i was spider-man i get a gatorade endorsement whatever you know that, that's how i would operate yeah but a lot of people are saying that because doctor strange was arrogant in the first couple of movies um that that's why he would do something that would rip apart the multiverse to help spider-man but that really seemed off to me a couple people have postulated that it could be um Mephisto, that like perhaps he's doing some sort of fucking shape-shifting bit or there's an evil Doctor Strange or there's a scene in the middle where they're fighting on top of a fucking train and it looks like, you know, he's wearing different clothes that perhaps there's a, some other dimensional Doctor Strange that comes through also. <laughs> I don't know, but this one looks like more of a buddy cop film. It's interesting they do that with Spider-Man a lot. Yeah, I, I don't mind Doctor Strange. I think he's he plays, I think uh, he's a good character and... Um, Cumberbatch plays. Benedict Cumberbatch I think he is plays great. A good yeah. Doctor Strange also. He's as cast as well as that character is. I think Downey Jr. was as Tony Stark. I think right. it's really strong casting. Now, uh, my final question here: uh, If it is the Green Goblin returning, and then we did see uh, Doctor Octopus, who we did. Are, who are you uh, more excited about as a villain? Out of those two, yes. 
Um, I think I think Alfred Molina is the best Spider-Man villain casting that we've seen in all of the films, every single film that we've seen thus far. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that they're going... I think this could be a bit of a red herring. I think perhaps these guys aren't going to be in this movie as much as we think they are. They're going to be a quote-unquote sub-boss because uh-huh. you had the elementals in the last movie. There's chicanery that goes along with these Spider-Man movies, and... A lot of times, they're like, if you remember watching the Justice League fucking director's cut, they're like, Deathstroke's in this movie, and Martian Manhunter, and then they're just in it for five minutes at the very end. I think it's possible there's these big reveals of all these characters, and maybe it's a part of like a large battle at the at the end of the movie, even potentially. Um, but they're not necessarily the main big bad. Um, and there's also just the enormous burden of all these films. Like, this movie is clearly setting up Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, so you have to set the table for all of that while you're telling whatever Spider-Man's narrative is. So you think the big bad or the big... Yet to be revealed. ...is going to be... I, I thought it was like battling space-time and that crumbling. I thought that was Could be. The, big, the big Could challenge. be, but I, I don't... Again, it's difficult to do what Marvel does because they have to set the table for everything else when they're going. And this seems like the first time... I don't know if they're going to do that in Shang-Chi. I read some of the earlier uh, reviews that say that that's something that they're burdened by is they have to use that. It's not a singular fucking entity. But certainly you saw that with the TV shows, with uh, WandaVision and with Loki. Is It's like it's building towards something else, and they're constantly doing that in the MCU. So um, I would be excited to see both of those. They're great actors, uh, the you know iconic Spider-Man villains. We know they want to set up a Sinister Six, so maybe that's what they're doing there. They want to do a Sinister Six movie. Uh, there's rumors that, and, and you know, Tom Hardy's pushing hard for Venom Three to cross over with Spider Man. So maybe all of that is what Sony would like to see come to fruition. But we'll have to see, and that happens moving forward. Uh, did you like the trailer? Uh yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's I, okay. I mean, the new Spider Man, like my sisters like it, so that means that you know, if they really like it, it's kind of kitty. You know, it's not going to be like. A hardcore movie. It's not going to be a hardcore movie. It's not going to be like they, hardcore they, pornography. They wouldn't like. They wouldn't like Wolf of Snow Hollow or, or, or movies. Okay, like, you're it, saying they're simple. S- somewhat with their movies and entertainment. Yeah. What I, I I think a lot of people are when they, they, they like. I'm not saying they're bad movies, but I just you calling your sister simps. They, they didn't. <laughs> they they did. I didn't hear you call them this. You, you by the way, that would make you the simp son. Um, it's okay to go in and just have fun. I, it looks very Marvel movie to me, yeah. which, um, you know, I, I like Doctor Strange. Uh, I like a lot of what's going on in that trailer, but I also think I'm feeling a lot of... I think one of the reasons why I haven't enjoyed as many of the Marvel properties is, is there's some... Lately, lately, is there's some fatigue. There's just kind of a formulaic type deal going on there. Um, rinse, wash, repeat. So I don't know. They take more chances in the TV shows. It certainly seems like that. But also maybe Shang-Chi goes out there and stretches his legs. It looks completely different than anything else. We'll have to see. But um, not a bad trailer. Not a yeah. bad trailer. Just a uh, couple of questions there. And it looks like a little bit more of the same. I feel comfortable saying that. If you're feeling hungry, go check out the show's presenting sponsor, Monk's Barbecue in Purcellville, Virginia. You can follow Monk's on Twitter and Instagram at Monk's BBQ. That's at Monk's BBQ on Instagram and Twitter. How quickly after you walk through the door are you going to be asleep? I'm going to go right upstairs, turn the air conditioner on. The dog's going to be so mad because she's going to play. And I'm like, nope. Back to bed. Fuck that. Oh, are we back? (laughs) I'm going to be completely unconscious 
35 minutes from now. It's going to be fabulous. I think I've uh, I got some charcuterie going on tonight. What? Yep. Who's doing that? Family. Send, I thought you moved out. Send off dinner. Oh. Uh, oh, not for me, for uh, the one of the sisters going to school. So, oh, uh, is that your send off dinner into your new house? No. Oh, that's so sad. But I, I think. Did you get a charcuterie <laughs> dinner when you got sent off? No. Oh. Well, no, I kind of did. I kind of we had a nice dinner. So when you guys do charcuterie, like that's the dinner. Yeah, it's. A, I like that. We, I mean, they go all out. My mom and and my sisters cheeses, meats, during, crackers. During quarantine, it was like are there right, mustards? Let's. Oh yeah, I love it's, mustards. It's, and then um, they'll also get sushi with it. Also, so what? Yeah, because you'll bizarre. do charcuterie, then a little bit of sushi. It'll be kind of like a. All right, let's let's kind of get the get some of the, the different flavors going tonight. I'm not a big sushi guy. But it's got its place. I'm all right with it every once in a while. I'm, I'll probably have it once every two months, I'd say. People that eat California rolls and say they eat sushi kind of annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. Do you eat the eel? I've had eel. My it, brother loves eel. Eel's okay for me. I like... Um, like, he'll order the eel that's, like, still in eel form, mm -hmm. and they just chop it up, and it's got the tail and everything on it. Interesting. Little disturbing for me. Yeah, I like the salmon. I like uh, I like tuna. I'm good with both of those. Haven't met a lot of quiet sushi fans. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that uh, really enjoy telling you how much they like sushi. Another problem with sushi, I have never been full uh, after eating sushi. Oh. You got to come over to Sushi Night at the Oh, tours. I'm probably, I've never been invited, but like I, um, <laughs> it's just a lot of rice. You know what I mean? A lot of leaves, yeah. a lot of uh, wraps. I love wasabi. It's another good thing about sushi is it's just an excuse to fucking just paste wasabi all over everything. And then, um, you know, what's interesting is that the uh, have you had like real real wasabi also aside from the wasabi that we get here? I don't know. Do you do have have I gone to Okinawa? Like or, I don't understand what you're asking. Some me. places can sell it also. Uh, the the I don't know if you had a preference between the kind of horseradish based wasabi that we have uh, in most sushi joints here in America. I don't know. It's green. And then um, okay. it's it's spicy. It does it's that thing. Good. It does that thing where you like you eat too much of it, it blows your nasal passages out. <laughs> like it's one of those weird good pains. Yeah. You're like where it's happening, you're like oh, oh! And then, like you you know you do it again, you go right back in. <laughs> I don't know why. I wouldn't do what Steve-O did in that one jackass movie where he snorted all the wasabi. I, uh, seems like a bad idea. It seems like uh, when you put a hand sanitizer on your hands, the strong yeah. stuff, and you get a big old sniff of it, you're like, oh, there's I've been part. trying to get ham sanitizer, where I can actually either sanitize my ham or then I can actually wipe my uh, my hands in a gel that smells like ham. That's my new, my new latest invention tour, ham sanitizer. I haven't decided what it's going to do yet. Uh, I was in the uh, the Harris Teeter yesterday, and I was going out in the snack aisle, which is out of character for me. And um, they have uh, Tostitos is making NFL branded chips. Did you know that? So you can uh, go to the oh, fucking. I I you can go to the grocery store, and you can buy a big fucking bag right now. The uh, Washington Football Team Tostitos, like the big logo, is on the front because I guess they're an official sponsor of the NFL. Which is cool. And also, it lets you know how stupid you are, like, marketing. Uh, I mean, it's not even a different chip. It's just the same shitty fucking Tostito, but it's got your team logo on the front of it, so you're willing to fucking buy it, which drives me nuts. And, of course, we're Texas Trays guys on this fucking, you know, use promo code Dukes10 whenever you do the, the bit with uh, tortilla chips. If you need that, go to texastrays.com. But there is this. I don't know if we have, for those of you that are unaware, if you're new listeners to the show, I am a lifelong Tennessee Titans fan. Tor will tell you this. Yep. I've been a Titans fan, you know, from the, uh, the cradle to the grave is what I believe the kids say. And uh, if, some of, if some of you live in a Titans market, I need some Titans 
Tostitos because here, unfortunately, we only have what we have the Washington team and the Baltimore team. Those are the only uh, Tostitos that I've seen in the grocery store. So if anybody is in the Tennessee area, I'm going to need those, of course, for game day tour in order to support my Titans. I did just see that uh, Ryan Tannehill was put into uh, the COVID bit or whatever. That That's going to be a motherfucker this year. Like, we don't talk about COVID on the show because it's all everyone else talks about. <laughs> but the way they have the rules set up where Cam Newton didn't catch COVID and took all the tests and still had to stay away from the team for five days. Man, I feel like there's a potential to be more hiccups this year than there was last year. Uh, definitely. And then on the on the chips point, I've never heard somebody talk about Eddie George more, so we need to get Thanks, the pal. chips up here. Lorenzo Neal is a gentleman that I actually am having a bronze sculpture uh, assembled for and put into my front yard because, as you know, I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, and that's where uh, that's where my loyalties lie. And that's why when my Steve McNair, I'm actually having a quilt made from all of my various Steve McNair jerseys that yeah. I've had over the years so I can pull that up to my neck when I'm watching my team go to the Super Bowl this year. And I, I think you were uh, a little disappointed when uh, when F uh, Cortland Finnegan left. You know he, me. He's a guy that you like to have on your team. You hate him when he's not on your team. I said he's a guy that I love the root against if he's on someone else's team, but that's a guy you can go to war with. You definitely want him inside the trenches. Uh, Frank Wycheck, he's a guy that I tried to get a studio apartment with, told me no, but I still uh, kept my... My fandom uh, towards the uh, Tennessee Titans. So, yes, if anyone's living in Tennessee, you can send your pal <laughs> some Tennessee Titans Tostitos. <laughs> you, know annoyed, you know how annoyed everyone's going to be with me this year? Young the Brit for six. <laughs> Winner. <laughs> They're just going to be sitting there and be like, why, why is the Titans game on? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? The Titans game? It's Sunday. That's why the Titans game is on. Get the fuck out of my face. Oh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be absolutely stupendous. Did Matt Hasselbeck end up with the Titans? I think that was Kerry Collins. Matt Has where did Matt Hasselbeck go after the Seattle? Oh, let me see. I'm, I'm almost willing to bet he quarterbacked the Titans at one point. And if that's the case, I need a Matt Hasselbeck Titans jersey. I might need one of those anyway. I see him in a Colts uniform. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I thought. Same division. Oh, Titans. There you go. Football Dukes. Sports Dukes. That's what they call me. Oh, God. I love the Titans so much. If anybody wants to send me Titan stuff, uh, please do. Send it on over to the shop. Go Titans. What do we say? Do we say, hey, say trash them Titans? Tighten up. Tighten up, bitch. Tighten up, ho. <laughs> I should have known that, right? I should have known that it was tighten up. I'm going to listen to Bustin' with the Boys as soon as this podcast is over. I can't fucking wait. All right, guys. Thank you for listening this week. Hey, if you like, if you like what you heard today, I don't know, I don't know why you would, but uh, go to chaddukeshow.com and subscribe. We do a show every single day. We do bonus shows. Damn, what do we do? A two-hour Fortress Film Society this week? It was outrageous. It was a monster. Yeah, go check it out. Chaddukeshow.com. Subscribe and uh, like our, uh, go ahead, subscribe to our YouTube page too. That's free. All right, Tor, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Of course, fun week. It was a fun week. Bunny Monks Barbecue, thank you to them. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Shoe Bill Radio is what we call it. And if the good Lord is willing and the creeks don't rise, we'll meet you back here then. Until then, tighten up, friendos, and roll out the trash cans.